You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. An important win for Sam Pittman and the Arkansas Razorbacks on Saturday with a 39-36 overtime win over the Florida Gators. And we're going to look ahead now to the Auburn Tigers. We'll look back at this game, obviously, and talk about all the ins and outs. We're going to be joined by Danny West and Andrew Ellis to help us uh, break down all the latest news in Razorback sports. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. A lot of ways to watch and listen to this show. As you know, we're always streaming on Facebook Live. If you haven't become one of 90,000 Razorback fans to follow the page, go ahead and do so now. Also available on YouTube. If you haven't taken a moment there to subscribe to the channel, we'd love to have you subscribe. We'd love to have you hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. The plan moving forward is to start streaming also live on YouTube. So stay tuned for that be streaming on both platforms uh, also available on apple apple podcast if you haven't taken a moment to throw us a five-star review just take a lot of moments take a lot of moments to subscribe take a lot of moments to follow take a lot of moments uh, to leave us a five-star review on apple podcast also available on spotify google podcast anywhere else podcasts are found hog sports is just one dollar right now for your first month at hawgsports.com and you're going to need that subscription because we got a lot of stuff around the corner basketball season starting tonight tonight's monday for those of you might be watching later uh but uh tonight at seven o'clock arkansas plays alcorn state that game's available on sec network plus for those of you who don't know if you have espn or excuse me if you have sec network on your regular channel guide then you're going to be able to access the game you're just not going to be able to do it on your channel guide you have to go to the app you have to go to espn.com uh, I've got a detailed video from the Purdue game if you want to go check that out of how to access SEC Network Plus. But you just go to basically open the app, go to browse, scroll down to channels, SEC Network Plus, select it, and then boom, there you go. Uh, but great thing, basketball starting tonight. And, uh, of course, we're going to have a ton of uh, content out from that, from Curtis Wilkerson, Andrew Ellis, Grant, Grant uh, Baker, We'll uh, have all the basketball information you need. Of course, recruiting stuff picking up. We got, uh, you know, evaluation period now. You got contact period coming up, transfer portal, not not too far off. So uh, go check us out at Hog Sports if you haven't done so already. HAWGsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, and get all your insider Razorback coverage there. Where do we start? Let's uh, Arkansas at Florida International. Uh, that's in 12 days. Kickoff time has been announced for that. It's a 6:30 game. 6:30 game, and that is uh, on ESPNU. So it's not an 11 o'clock. I bet you didn't expect 6:30, but uh, not on a you know one of the major ESPN networks. Not ESPN. Not ESPN two, but on ESPNU. But uh, 6:30, not bad. So the next what few games we got are three o'clock. You got Auburn at three, and then you got this six thirty game, and then you round it out with a three o'clock game against uh, Missouri. the The last time they played a three o'clock game was Kent State, 
Sam Pittman feels like that's the perfect time for a football game. Obviously, we've uh, we've fallen back for daylight savings or whatever. We're back to standard time now, so it will get dark for the game. It's always a little more juice for a night game, isn't there? This game this weekend is obviously three o'clock. Auburn's five and four, two and four in the SEC. Arkansas is three and six, one and five in the SEC. This game is on. SEC Network. It'll be Dave Neal, Derek Mason in the booth calling the game. Should be a good crowd for this one. I would think after the excuse me after the Florida game that we're going to have a pretty good crowd uh, on hand for a three o'clock game against the Auburn Tigers. A game that Arkansas has to win to to remain bowl eligible. Auburn's pretty much going to be bowl eligible. They have I can't remember who they have. They have like Southeast Louisiana, something like that uh, coming up, but. Um, you know, the last three games for them are Arkansas, um, the group of five team. I can't remember who it is, and then Alabama. So, uh, they've got a pretty good shot at getting to, to six wins, whether they win this one or not. Arkansas has to win every game remaining. We know that. They have to beat Auburn. They have to beat FIU. They have to uh, be a spoiler against Missouri, who just fell to Georgia, played them tough. Missouri's got a good squad. Let's see, we talked about how to watch the game tonight. Again, it's at 7 o'clock from Bud Walton Arena. Should be a good crowd. Not going to be anything like Purdue, but it should be a good crowd. First game that counts. According to the Bet Saracen app, this game is at minus 24.5, and, and the over-under is 143.5 points. So Arkansas favored over Alcorn State by minus 24.5. The football game, it has dropped to two – Arkansas – Minus two and a half. Arkansas was at minus three, so uh, that has dropped a little bit. So they're at minus two and a half right now. Again, that's on the Bet Saracen app. Not sure what other people have it, but if you want to gamble in Arkansas, you got to use a local company like like Bet Saracen. The rest of the schedule for basketball this month: you've got Gardner Webb on November tenth, Old Dominion on November thirteenth, and UNC Greensboro on November seventeenth. These are all seven o'clock games. So you've got four 7 o'clock games in a row, Monday, Friday, Monday, Friday. And that's all before the Battle of Atlantis. And that's on November 22nd, 6.30 p.m. on ESPNU. All these games before that, though, Alcorn, Gardner-Webb, Old Dominion, UNC Greensboro, that's all SEC Network Plus. So you ought to get pretty comfortable with how to access the game uh, by that time, by the time you're done with that. And you've got the Battle for Atlantis. And then, of course, November 29th, you've got Duke and Bud Walton Arena on ESPN at 8.15 p.m. It's a Wednesday. A lot of kids will wake up tired for school. Trevon Brazil named to the Naismith Player of the Year watch list. That's a top 50, top 50 watch list. He's also on the Carl Malone Power Forward. He's one of 20 players on the Carl Malone Power Forward of the Year watch list. That was uh, That was earlier, so... Good to see him getting some notoriety. Now, if you switch it to football, Arkansas got a lot of awards. Maybe it was just like, we got to, you know, Arkansas won. We got to give them some stuff. But uh, first of all, I want to say this, like, quit with the co. Everybody's a co. It's a co-offensive player of the, of the week. It's a co-defensive player of the week, co-defensive lineman of the week, co-freshman of the week. Literally every single category that the SEC gives out, except for offensive lineman, was co. Just do one. 
And when, like, the schools put it out, like University of Arkansas puts out their release, they don't mention co. They just say, you know, they just say offensive lineman of the week. Actually, Bo Limmer was the only non-co. Bo Limmer got offensive lineman of the week, probably from having to go up against a 435-pound dude all day. But Bo Limmer, offensive lineman of the week, and then you had Snacks Johnson, co-defensive player of the week. You had Cam Little, co-special teams player of the week. And Jalen Braxton, co-freshman of the week. So, four awards for Arkansas. We'll take it, but uh, what's with all the co? What's with all the co's? But um, a lot of nice MVPs. If you're looking for MVP service with your internet, then you need to check out our friends at Ozarks Go. You can reach them at ozarksgo.net slash hog. That's H-A-W-G. You can call them at 479-684-4900. You're going to talk to somebody when you do that from this area because Ozarks Go is a local company. You're not going to get shipped off to some call center. They offer several different tiers of internet service, everything from multi-gig, which is what I have, 2,500 megabits per second, to gigabit, which I think is great for most families. I used to have that. It was fantastic, too. It's just the multi-gig. For all the stuff that I do, Everything's instant, but for most people, it's going to be instant. The gigabit is going to be instant for most casual internet users, um, if there is such a thing anymore. I don't know if there is a casual internet user. I mean, it's pretty much everything we do with our streaming services and our your Alexa devices and everything else you got going on your computer, your phones. I mean, you need internet, so why not use the best? OzarksGo.net slash hog, H-A-W-G. See if they're available in your area. Go to the website. See if they're available in your area. Uh, think north of the tunnel. If you get an Ozarks electric bill, then you're most likely going to have access to Ozarks Go. But they are ever-expanding, so make sure you keep checking to see if they're not in your area to, to see if they come in there later. <laughs> what do I think of this Florida game? First of all, let's talk about I'll just break down a few of my thoughts from it after, you know, rewatching the game, rewatching the telecast. Um, I think that the secondary needs to be Jalen Braxton on one side and Dwight McLaughlin on the other side, and that allows Snacks to be, you know, inside. Now, Hudson Clark had a tough matchup with Trey Walker. I mean, the guy is super electric. When you get a matchup like that, it's going to be a problem uh, for Hudson. And, you know, not that he – can't give you some good minutes there. It's just that, uh, you know, he definitely struggled with a quicker uh, slot receiver. So Hudson's a better fit at safety. I think we all see that. Um, there are times where there will be a matchup where maybe he is a good fit at nickel. But in that particular game, he wasn't. I like Snacks Johnson there at the nickel spot where, by the way, he got SEC co-defensive player of the week uh, for his job that he did there. And so I like him there. I like McLaughlin. I like Braxton. And then at safety, I like just kind of a rotation of Al Walcott, um, Jaden Johnson, and Hudson Clark. Maybe Hudson Clark also plays a little bit of nickel to give Snacks a break. But if you do that with those three guys, you're going to give them about, you know, 40, 45 snaps each uh, in the defensive backfield. I think that's probably a good recipe for them. Uh, I think I said Trey Walker, but Trey Wilson, Eugene Wilson the third goes by Trey. Defensive tackle-wise, I don't know if you guys noticed, Cam Ball started again. He didn't start against Mississippi State. He was banged up against Alabama. He started like two games before that. So it's been Cam Ball and Eric Gregory, you know, most of these last three games or so. But uh, Eric Gregory has started all nine games at defensive tackle. He's the only guy that's a regular in that defensive tackle group that started all nine games. 
So I think that's you know a pretty good indicator based on what we've seen so far that they feel Eric Gregory is their best defensive tackle. He played 46 snaps on Saturday. Cam Ball played 29, Torian Carter played 23, Keeby Rose 17, and Tank Booker played 16. He was banged up in the game. Looks like he's going to be okay. Uh, it looks like just an ankle, but it sounds like he'll be okay. And speaking of injuries, Pittman actually sounded encouraged on Andrew Armstrong that he might be available this week. Uh, practice are, is are, practices are closed this week, but Armstrong obviously went down with that concussion looking thing. Maybe it wasn't a concussion. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe just they were being precautious of it, and it, it wasn't that maybe. I, I hope so, obviously, uh, not just for his availability, but just for his health. Um, Patrick Kudis, it sounded like he's going to be out for the year um, with a pretty bad high ankle sprain. I find it interesting, though, that you know both of those injuries with – Patrick Kudis and Andrew Armstrong, they happened on Florida penalties. Um, you know, the Florida defensive back kind of had his arm in there and it caused Andrew to fall awkwardly. They were called for pass interference. Otherwise, he catches that ball. Um, and then Kudis, you know, it was kind of like from um, uh, Cameron, I believe Cameron James. James is his last name. But he kind of had like a double – I don't know if it was on his neck, but it's just kind of up in and it caused uh, – uh, caused Patrick Kudis to kind of buckle backwards, and he rolled his ankle, and sounds like he's out for the season now. Um, Ty Washington's out for the year, dislocated shoulder that's going to probably require surgery, so he's out for the year. They've got to get Barkey's gums to step up. They, uh, they're they really shorthanded at tight end. And, you know, this is nothing against Nathan Bax or Francis Sherman at tight end, but Varkey's gums is at least as good a blocker as they are, and neither of them are that good a blocker. And Varkey's gums can actually go out and catch passes. Now, what they have to do with gums is they have to get him – his awareness has to improve a little bit. You know, he cost them a first down uh, when he wasn't set. You know, he, he was late getting his hand down. And when they're going fast, he's got to have better awareness than that. That cost them uh, – I think they ended up having to kick a field goal on that drive because of that. And they, I know they lost the first down. Uh, due to that. so But they have to get him going. With Ty Washington out now, with Luke Has out, and who knows on Andrew Armstrong, as we know, as I said last week, Pittman's not going to be totally forthcoming on injuries, and practices are closed this week, so we're not going to know. So, yeah, I think that's um, – they really need to get him going. That was kind of the next points I was going to make, just they got to have gums. And I, I'll tell you what I like about what uh, – what Kenny Guyton did, we didn't see a bunch of too tight sets, you know. Like, they were kept doing that. It's like tight end is banged up. It's the weakest spot they have, and they keep throwing these two tight end sets out there under Enos. Like, get your best personnel out there. doesn't have to do it just because the playbook says it. So, I like that. Uh, I asked Sam Pittman, first question I asked him today sitting in the press conference was, uh, is Kenny Guyton a candidate for – the full-time position as offensive coordinator. And if he keeps going the way he has, I think he probably should be a candidate, right? Now, is he going to be a wide receivers coach if he gets the job? Is he going to be a quarterback's coach? He played quarterback, so it's not like he can't do that. Uh, But I guess it would come down, as Pittman said, whatever he feels more comfortable. Not that he's been hired, but if he keeps things going, the offense keeps rolling. I mean, they put up 481 at Florida. That's pretty solid compared to what they've done all year. So – I think he should be a candidate. I wouldn't say, like, yes, he's the guy right now, like, give him the job. But I would say, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely in the mix for that job. I personally like your offensive coordinator to also be your quarterback's coach. That's my personal opinion on that. I think those kind of go hand in hand a little bit. But it's not always how it is. It's always pretty much been that way at Arkansas, though. I mean, you could say Paul Petrino was offensive coordinator and he was wide receivers coach, but that was really just entitled. We know who the offensive coordinator was. It was Bobby. 
Yeah, actually, I'll say that, you know, when um, when John L. Smith took over, Paul Petrino was offensive coordinator and called plays during that 2012 year. So that would have been the last time. Not the ideal situation. It wasn't the plan going in, just how it worked out. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A few things I thought the refs got it wrong. Sam Pittman talked about that a little bit. Um, you know, Trevor Etienne had a uh, 32-yard run up the gut with 409 to play in the first quarter. I thought it was pretty blatant holding uh, by the Florida center who was praised for his block. I thought he was holding Christopher Paul. 53 seconds to play in the first quarter. Um, that throw to Andrew Armstrong, first of all, it was a terrible throw by KJ. It was a wobbler. It was He didn't lead Andrew at all. Um, the safety was coming over to help, but he had him deep. He just underthrew him. But there, I also thought there was pass interference, and that was an interception. Um, we know about the whistle that was blown too early on Trey Wilson. Uh, that was – you know, I'll go back and watch that and, like, rewatch it and stuff. That, the ball was out and hit the ground before the whistle was even blown. And they still just said it was and, – and Pittman made a good a good point. Like, if it's, if it's not that, then what about the dude from Florida that came in and cleaned everybody up? So, if that's after the whistle, then that guy should have been hit with a 15-yard penalty. I don't, I don't disagree with that either. One of those has to be true, and neither of them were called. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that that was, uh, that was totally bogus. Um, Florida had 19 guys out on the field trying to substitute – I mean, that would have been a travesty. Like, how much we would have been talking about the way Arkansas lost this game, um, you know, in the same breath as the way they lost the Florida game. You know, with you've got you've got 19 players out there on the field. Arkansas should be able to substitute in that instance, and the guy just hops away. I mean, he's there for a minute, you know, on the ball, and then just and leaves immediately. Arkansas should have been able to substitute. The clock would have run. It was Florida's mistake. Florida messed up. They were tried to run their field goal unit out there, and they were and they were there like waving them all back. They got 19 players on the field, and Arkansas should have been allowed to substitute. Instead, they called a penalty for Florida. Put eight seconds back on the clock instead of four seconds. Maybe that's something that you should look at as a strategy. You got eight seconds. Because they didn't, you know, they didn't roll the clock. So um, that was real unfortunate that that happened that way. But it worked out because dude missed the field goal uh, anyway, and the game went into overtime. But the field goal should have never been kicked. It should have never been kicked. They should have, by Florida's mistake, their sideline goof up, should have allowed Arkansas to substitute. It would have taken the clock down um, to zero, you know, by the time it was spiked. So should have never happened, but it, it didn't matter ultimately. But, man, had it. Had that had that impacted the game? Had the game finished like that? 
we wouldn't we would still be talking about it right now. I thought the de- defense, uh, you know, I th- going back and look at it, like that last second to last drive where they just went three plays and just marched in like a minute fifteen on them. I thought that was the worst defensive series Arkansas has had um, since the LSU game. They've been pretty solid almost every quarter that they've played, except for I would say that one. You know, thirty three point or thirty six points um, is a lot of a point. Was it 36? Yeah, 36 points. 36 points was a, a lot of points to give up. Now, some of that was field position early. Those first two touchdowns were scored, you know, very short field. Uh, the first 23 Florida points were scored, you know, on drives that were 46 yards or less. A lot of that was short field stuff. Defense played well overall. Uh, there were a couple of instances where it wasn't great. It wasn't their best defensive game, but they played okay and, and well enough for Arkansas to win, obviously. Uh, but there were a few things where um, – you know, you'd like to see him be a little bit better. I, speaking of better, I would have liked to have seen Arkansas manage the clock a little bit better on their final regular, um, you know, regular time drive. Uh, there's they had a first down. They had three timeouts. There's 146 to play on the clock that's rolling, and they snapped the ball with 26 seconds left. So why would you do that? Like to me, take that clock down. You're in field goal range. You know, in a three-point game, you're in field goal range. There's 26 seconds left. You have an opportunity to take the clock down. You have three timeouts remaining. I just didn't understand why you wouldn't take the clock down more. And if they had, maybe it would have resulted in a situation where Florida wouldn't have had time to get down there anyway to, you know, miss a field goal. I thought one thing I also liked, I liked – Taylor McGregor, who used to actually work in Arkansas, uh, the sideline reporter for the game, she said before the game that Kenny Guyton told her that they want to get Rocket Sanders the ball about 20 times. And I remember when I heard that, I was like, yeah, right. 19 touches. I can't count how many times I've heard coaches say, we want to get him about the, you know, the ball about this many times. You look later and it's like five touches or something, you know. But they, gave him, they got him 19 touches and they said they wanted to get it to him 20. So that was, I thought, pretty refreshing to hear overall. All right, we're going to go to Andrew Ellis now. Is that right? Yes, we are. We're going to Andrew Ellis. For those of you who don't follow Andrew, you should. Take a moment to follow him. At Andrew Ellis 24-7 is a great follow on Twitter. Has a lot of a lot of really good takes and informed takes. I mean, he's been he's been covering the Hogs for over well over two years now and uh, has just uh, done a great job for us. How's it going, Andrew? Oh, it's going tremendous, Trey. Uh, you know, this feels a lot different coming off a win. I don't even really know what we're going to talk about at this point, but uh, you know, let's uh, let's do it. It's 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 nice to talk to you after a a fun weekend. Yeah, it, it was. It was, and you know, at the end of the game, you're just thinking like, yeah, they're going to lose by three. Oh, there we go. There's an alarm. You're like, they're going to lose by three, and uh, it's going to suck, and they're going to lose by three, and uh, here we go again, and it's and it's also going to be partly due to the refs screwing up. Well, Trey, do you remember the text I sent the Hog Sports group message early in the first quarter? What, what I was declared it? There was a better chance of me going to the bathroom and a million dollars coming out of my bosom. My <laughs> Not my bosom. Your bosom. Chest, but, uh, <laughs> bosom. Why does bosom mean chest? Shouldn't it mean butt? But anyways, that's not I, I like anyways, bosom for uh, chest. I don't know. But anyways, I said there was a better chance of me pooping out. I didn't use pooping, but I said pooping out a million dollars. Yeah. Then Arkansas wins this game. I just like 
sat there and watched and I was like, man, there's just no way. Like, of all the games that they could have won, I remember thinking this one. I was like, man, I feel like they wasted all their opportunity. Like, in the first half, I just had that feeling of, like, man, it really isn't going to, you know, this isn't going to. Like, I had, I had, I didn't even consider the idea that Arkansas could win the game until about three plays before it happened. And I was like, oh, wow. They really, they're going to do it. They won. Yeah. Um, but, man, I tell you, Trey, I'm, I, you know, as everyone else is, I'm extremely impressed by Kenny Guyton. And, you know, I, I think anyone who tried to tell you they knew what was going to happen with this offense on Saturday, they were lying to you. Um, I said that last week on the show where it was just kind of like, you know, we're hearing all the right things. Oh, they're going to shorten out the playbook, going to do what they do well. Um, and, you know, you figured the players would be excited about it. But, man, you saw all of that on Saturday. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the offense. It wasn't like a crazy performance where it's like they were firing on all cylinders for four quarters in overtime, but it was the simple things. It was, you know, like Sam Pittman said, being able to roll out your quarterback on third down and get an easy completion to to move the chains, getting the run game going with Rocket Sanders, having KJ look like a look like KJ. I mean, also Trey, if there were one week in between each game, if Arkansas could have a bye week every game, I think KJ would win the Heisman. When you see him (laughs) fresh and he doesn't have to take the hits week in and week out, because that's when, you know, you you kind of forget how athletic he is, and then all of a sudden they have a bye week and he's rejuvenated and he's three and zero, right? You're out there, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So and I I think about that every time they're in a bowl game Mm -hmm. because he ends up running for 100 yards when they because when you give this dude time to prepare. But uh, yeah, Trey, it was just really good to just be reminded that KJ Jefferson's a good football player, Ryan Sanders is a good football player, and Arkansas has pieces on this offense that we all like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and what's crazy is, you know, we talk about the O-line so much. This might have been the biggest mess for the O-line because you had the injuries, you had people moving around, you had Manuel and Shamley continuing to flip, you had Ty Keese having to play the whole second half at right tackle, where it's like, I wouldn't have held it against them at all if they had just not won this game. Yeah. You know, as crazy as that sounds like, I don't think that if they had lost that game, I would be coming on the show telling you that it's done for Sam Pittman and their toast. Like, I was I was kind of content for them to lose by three, like we said. Um but man, I I, t- I think it just it says a lot about the the buy in of this team and just the way that Pittman still has this team pulling in the same direction. Which I know it's not the only criteria for a head coach, but it's a pretty damn important one. Yeah. And uh, I think it, it really I mean if you know whatever we're going to talk about these next three games and what Arkansas can do down the stretch, none of it would be possible if you didn't have everyone in that locker room pulling in the same direction and kind of bought in and and that's why I think this coaching staff deserves a ton of credit and uh, credit to the players for showing up and. Uh, you know, I don't think Florida was a very good football team. I think if Florida were a good football team, they win that game. But uh, I, I think, you know, it, it was just really good to see Arkansas kind of rise to the occasion the way that we've all known that they could do. And uh, they've let so many slip through their fingers, and they didn't let this one slip. And, uh, man, it was really, really kind of enjoyable to see the, you know, that sell, that relief almost from the players and the coaches after the game. I think when you, when you talk about Sam Pittman, as you said, and, and pulling the same direction – when you get to a point of like, all right, is Sam Pittman, should he be fired or should he be kept? Um, you have to ask yourself, what is there to salvage? Is there something to salvage on this team? And there there are things to salvage. We know what they have on defense. We know what the defensive coaches have done. We you know, know the recruiting class is you know, solid. Obviously, they got a decommitment right before. But, you know, all of those things are reason to salvage. But once the players let go of the rope and they stop believing, they stop fighting for you, then it's over. And, you know, it's interesting, the point you made earlier about – you know, reducing the playbook and going back to the, these. Those are usually things that I think of. Like when coaches say that, it's like, all right, this is the beginning of the end. We're going to simplify things. We're going to shrink the playbook, you know. But I'll tell you when I thought that Arkansas was going to win. First, I, I, I felt pretty damn good about it. 
uh, because the defense, the Florida defense had, had softened up. They'd softened them up by pounding at them with rocket and stuff like that. So they were going to give up some yards. But when I, what I thought was going to happen was uh, after they held them to a field goal, I was like, all right, you know, they're going to go down here. And as long as they don't get a holding penalty against them, they're going to go down here and score a touchdown. Of course, they got a holding penalty <laughs> right off the bat. But then KJ came out, and he had that 20-yard run bowing over that dude. And he's like – you know, he's all flexed out like that and making a face. And I'm like, yep, this game is over. I don't know how they're getting into the end zone, but they're getting in the end zone. Well, yeah, and I'll tell you, Trey, the, the two biggest plays of the game to me were that after the holding penalty, that huge run by KJ, I mean, plowing the dude over, that's just – that's that's vintage KJ stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's the good stuff. And uh, I thought the next biggest play, I believe it was a third down on that drive where they went 10 plays, 84 yards after Florida went ahead 23-20. Now, you want to talk about times when I thought Arkansas was going to win the game. I definitely didn't think they were winning it then. Like, the idea of them going down and scoring in that moment just did not seem like it was something that was going to happen. And I think it was a third – I don't know what the distance was, but I know there was a third down where KJ just kind of made it happen with his legs and ended up kind of getting them going on that drive. They end up going out and scoring. Mm-hmm. I feel like if that those either of those two runs don't happen, I just don't see how Arkansas is able to get get things going and you know make enough plays offensively down the stretch. But, yeah, it was uh, – it was I mean – I think that there's plenty of players on this team that have caught a ton of criticism. I don't think any of it has been any anyone who's been it has been a more unfair recipient than KJ Jefferson. I feel like it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, I, I get it. He's not a perfect quarterback. He's not always gonna you know do make the right throws, make the right whatever. Like he's gonna make his mistakes, but it's just like you see right then how how easy it is to move the ball when KJ's your quarterback, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what we've been waiting on to see all year. But man, it was a uh, no time like the present. And I, I'll tell you what, I'm really just excited to see how this King Guyton situation plays out down the stretch because they keep this up. You kind of almost have to hire him as a full-time OC, right? I mean, whether or not you really want to, you know, do a search and do whatever, I feel like that's probably your best selling point if you're Sam Pittman is, you know, we got this offense going down the stretch. We got kids that believe in him. Now let's give him an offseason to see what he can do. And then we can really talk about what the Kenny Guyton offense looks like. Because right now he's just kind of operating with someone else's scheme that he's having to adapt with. And, and it looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's got some things in his back pocket he'd like to pull out too. But, yeah, I agree with you. That was the first pe- uh, question I asked Sam Pittman is if he's uh, basically, you know, a, a strong candidate for the permanent position. He should be. I mean, the players fought for him. They put up 481 yards of offense. Let's see what he does the rest of these games. And for that matter, let's see how the team performs. What do you think about when we talk about, you know, everybody says like Sam Pittman's not going anywhere after this year. He's not going to, you know, he's not getting fired and stuff. And that's what you hear, uh, you know, until it happens. It's if you're talking about like quoting what you're hearing from your sources and the administration and stuff, that's all you're ever going to hear until it happens. Cause it's always, you know, everything's great. And then boom, it's over. Um, what do you think this game means for Sam Pittman's future? By that, I mean the Florida game and what, what needs to happen moving forward? Well, I think that, I mean, I think the, the Florida game, I don't, I don't think it's fair to say it saved him because I think he could have survived without that Florida game. Mm-hmm. I think it gives him a little bit more breathing room, but that breathing room can go right out the window real quick. Uh, I don't, you know, we've used the term must win and whatever, like a ton. I don't, I don't know at this point if this Auburn game is a must win, but uh, I know it's a, it's not a must win, but it's a, you can't come out and suck in this game. You just can't. Uh, and so, you know, I'm interested to see what this crowd's going to look like, but you know, if Arkansas is able to win this game here at home, I think this is a perfect little barometer. Because, like, if you're building the program that you say you're building and you're headed in all these right directions and things are fine, like, you should beat Auburn at home, right? When you're favored, mm-hmm. 
you kind of build some positive momentum. You've got this rejuvenation. They're like, in a rebuild year. Yeah, you should. A hundred percent. And this is, a, yeah, about as, I mean, this isn't the worst Auburn team Arkansas has seen in the last however long, but it's about as good as you're going to ask for when you're, when you're, you're getting Auburn at home and uh, with a first year head coach. And I, I, you know, it's late in the year, but I still think that this is a game that if you're, if, if Arkansas is who Sam Pittman says they are and who Arkansas wants to be, like you just win this game. And so, Again, I don't know if it's a must win, but I think it becomes really hard to continue playing this, like, what can they do next year game if they lose this one? Yeah. You know, if you come right back in front of you, I mean, because then you start looking at the home slate overall and you're like, man, the fans didn't see this team play well at all this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it, it really is kind of crazy when you think about it like that. But, uh, you know, I, so I think that it's kind of, I'm in wait and see mode because I still need, you know, this game is so important and it's going to hinge so much on this one to where it's like, if Arkansas wins this game, you can talk me into all kinds of stuff. I mean, this team could very well go to a bowl game, you know, and I feel like if this team makes a bowl game, then I don't even think we need to have a discussion about what's going on, you know, next year or beyond. I think that, you know, they've bought themselves at least enough time there. But uh, I, I think that the key here is just like keeping it going a little bit longer and you have to keep it going a little bit longer by beating Auburn. And so mm-hmm. it kind of all comes down to Saturday, but I don't want to put crazy pressure on it and make it seem like it's all or nothing here, but it, it might be all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. All right, before we get you out of here, uh, basketball season opener tonight against Alcorn State. What are you looking for to see out of this basketball team? Obviously not the not the opponent that they faced last time in the final exhibition, but uh, should be a good crowd tonight. Should be a lot of yeah, reasons for energy. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm literally just like counting down the minutes until I can go over to Bud Wall, man. I'm so excited to be there tonight uh, and just kind of see this team really do it in action. I mean, the Purdue game was the perfect appetizer to kind of get us all fired up and you know, obviously this is not going to be that type of game, not that type of atmosphere. And uh, But I, and I don't think Alcorn State's going to have much for these cats, if I'm being honest. I think Arkansas should win by around 30. I think the spread, honestly, might be a little low. So it's a little interesting. But uh, I, I'm really looking forward to just seeing what the rotations look like. You've seen if Jalen Graham's able to play, if he's able to get out there, that'll be exciting. Um, if anyone read me and Curtis's story this morning, uh, we, we, have, we have our predictions and our props. We have the prop of the game is uh, Jeremiah Davenport over four and a half points over one and a half three-point field goals made. That's plus 155, Trey. That's plus odds. And uh, anytime you can get a guy who's made 200 threes in his career, you get him, he, all he has to do is make two mm-hmm. uh, against a bad team. I, I like that. And uh, so, I, you know, credit to Bet Saracen, man. Those specials, they have a really, really good stuff. I mean, there's yeah. so many of them. I'm ready to, I'm ready to, you know, I'm, 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 I can see a lot of people losing a lot of money on those. But uh, they're really fun to kind of keep track of. And we're going to be doing that all year. Curtis Grant and I, we're going to be trying to like come up with at least one pick of those little double R props each game. And we're going to kind of track it and see how we do. If we start losing a ton of money, maybe we'll stop doing it. But uh, <laughs> so I'm really excited to, you know, kind of see what this team evolves and looks like in non-conference. I think there's going to be a ton of, ton of ass whoopings in the next couple of weeks, Trey. If I'm being honest, I really think this team is going to lay the hammer on some people. And so I think it should be a, should be a fun slate. I mean, this non-conference schedule is about as good as you can ask for. Yeah. Oh, it looks, it looks like a lot of fun. All right. Appreciate you, Andrew. Absolutely, Trey. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's Andrew Ellis. Again, follow him at Andrew Ellis 24-7. Covers everything. Football, basketball, baseball. Does a great job for us at Hog Sports. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. We're going to hop over to Danny West now, get the latest in recruiting. Arkansas obviously got a big decommitment, uh, but things are still moving in recruiting. Still got a good class, but that's obviously disappointing. Danny, how's it going? What's up, brother? Oh, not much. I was, you know, we're going to start off with a little negativity. Obviously, Courtney Crutchfield, the top commit in the class, decommitted, what, five minutes before the kickoff of the game Saturday? I want to say three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Interesting timing there. Uh, I'm not sure why yeah. he chose then, but um, what's the latest there? I mean, does Arkansas have a chance to get back in it? Everything, everybody I talk to says Missouri. Yeah, we'll start with the timing of it because it was so weird. You know, I, I kind of liken it to Josh Fraser. You remember Big Josh mm-hmm. at uh, Springdale Harbor about a decade ago, four-star defensive lineman. I remember he committed to Alabama, uh, which it really wasn't a shocker. Everybody kind of thought he was going to Alabama, but he committed just minutes after Arkansas had lost an overtime game to Mississippi State in Little Rock. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, man, that's just – freaking brutal yeah so this one kind of gave me the same vibe a little bit but um you know uh, because he he had two weeks to think about it you know the firing happened two weeks ago and then three minutes before the game i mean come on now so at first trey um i was kind of hearing that that might be it they're not going to leave the door open at all or or anything after that but starting to hear a little bit different and matter of fact uh within the last couple hours uh put on hog sports that Courtney is at least expected to be on Arkansas's campus again this weekend. Mm-hmm. We'll see whether or not he shows up. I hit him up about it. And I said, Hey, uh, heard you're supposed to be on campus. And he said, yes, uh, supposed to be, uh, is what he said. So, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but for the time being, I you know, he's a top player in the state. The kid's a freaking stud. If we can just put it plainly. Yeah. And I mean, it's just tough to, to let one go like that. Not just because he is a freaking stud, which he is. He's a top 100 player for a reason. I would have told you he's their best player on the commitment list, regardless of rankings, uh, because I think he's just as good on defense as he is offense, which might surprise a lot of people. But just from the perception standpoint, especially because it's Missouri, you know, you've already lost Brian Huff, mm-hmm. which more on him in a minute. But, um, you know, you look up and you see number two or three, uh, Walker White, going out of state to Auburn. And, um, you know, if if this were to work out for Missouri to come in and take your top player in the state, there's a lot of perception damage there. So, you know, the good news is, um, you know, you still got, what, six weeks or so to kind of figure this thing out. And, uh, for the time being, I think the door is still left open for him. It'll be interesting to me if he shows up this weekend and, uh, obviously we can kind of get his thoughts if he wants to share them and go from there. But um, I don't know. It's just the timing of it kind of threw me off a little bit too. Court, I will say Courtney's always been cool to me, really kind kid. And uh, so it, it did surprise me a little bit from a timing standpoint, simply because of the bye week. He had yeah. two weeks and, and plenty of time to get that out of the way. So a few minutes before kickoff, that was, that was a little bit different. 
Yeah. Danny West joining us again. You can follow him at Danny West 24-7 on Twitter. He's the Hog Sports Recruiting Analyst. Most of Danny's content is VIP, especially the recruiting stuff. So you do need to sign up for $1 for your first month to check him out at Hog Sports. And if you like what you see after that month, just $1 again, uh, then you can stick around for the next month, pay regular rate. But we're going to open the door to Paramount Plus for you and Paramount Plus and Showtime. You get Paramount Plus and Showtime for free. You sign up for $1 and then decide you want to keep us and sign up for, I think it's $9.95 a month after that. But you do get uh, Paramount Plus and Showtime for absolutely free. So pretty good deal there. Danny, uh, you talked about Brian Huff. You said we're going to get to him in just a second. So let's go ahead and get to him. What do you got yeah, on Sorry, him? buddy. I totally forgot about it. But, uh, yeah, obviously the linebacker at Valley View High School 2024, the current class, Committed to Missouri on July 12th. That was just a few weeks after he took an official at Arkansas and Missouri. And, you know, depending on who you asked at the time, it was kind of, well, Arkansas hadn't made a really strong push, and, and Missouri really, really knocked it out of the park with him. We're talking about a four-star composite four-star right here in the state, 6'3", 220 linebacker. And, man, it just seems to me, Trey, that, you look over the last decade, you've, you've let too many of them slip away to Missouri and then you end up watching them the day after Thanksgiving whooping your butt. You know, mm-hmm. that's got to stop at some point. And uh, so I, I tell you all that to say this, it's not going to surprise me if Arkansas makes a really strong push here down the final stretch. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm pretty much expecting it. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if maybe he's on campus this weekend. Haven't been able to confirm that yet, but kind of one that I'm looking and keeping an eye on uh, down the final stretch here. But, you know, I like the linebacker duo they've got with uh, Justin Logan and, and, of course, Wyatt Simmons from N-State. But this is one, especially with a few spots to play with down the final stretch. I give Arkansas a lot of credit for not overreaching on a lot of N-State kids in this year's cycle. We've seen them do that before, and, um, you know, it, it never works out. Mm-hmm. This one is not a reach, in my opinion. If you can get this one to flip from Missouri to Arkansas, I think you need to try your best to get Brian Huff. And, uh, you know, as of today, November 6th, that's kind of what I'm expecting them to try to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Danny, what about this weekend? Are we expecting any decent amount of visitors? Yeah. I mean, you've, it is a 3 o'clock – or no, yeah, 3 o'clock game this weekend. So, I mean, it's not, not a bad time. It could be, but you know how Pitt works, man. Yeah. Uh, the end-season visits just, just aren't what they used to be. And, and really, I, I tend to agree with them on that. I mean, you just get so much more of it out of it uh, when it's not a game experience weekend. Sure, there's a lot to be said for unofficial visits coming up and, and checking out your game day experience, especially when there's a, a really good crowd, which you know uh, we'll see on this one. Um, uh, Arkansas fans have held up their end of the bargain. I will say that uh, they've deserved a little better than what they've gotten in Fayetteville this year. But be nice to see them turn out one more time and actually get a really good product on the field this time. But um, so far, to answer your question, haven't heard a huge uh, headlining list, if that's what we're getting at. So, um, you know, when you look at the recruiting calendar, we're just a few weeks away from December now, and that's really uh, you've got some remaining guys on the commitment list who have yet to take their officials. I would see those guys start to come in that second, third weekend in December, and obviously once that that portal window opens on the 4th of December, I think the action will start to heat up. But you could see a couple of officials down the final stretch here on the final few home games, but so far, to answer your question, 
not seeing uh, not seeing a whole lot for the upcoming weekend. Danny, I mean, you said they don't they deserve more than they got this season. They deserve more than they've got in the last decade. I mean, yeah. What are yeah. we talking about here? Two, two fun seasons. Yeah. The eight yeah. and five year and the nine and four year in the last decade. I'll tell you what, <laughs> hey, let's keep it on a positive track here, <laughs> Mister Biddy. I'll tell you what, man. I was sitting here earlier and I kind of went back and watched the game, as I'm sure everybody listening has has at least watched the highlights uh, about ten times now, but. Man, I want to make a point. I know you got to run here, but that opening drive, man, it's it really had a lot of hidden gems in it, if you want to call it mm-hmm. that. I mean, just the way they start. You know, Arkansas is a slow-starting team, has been for a long time. You come out and you get 25, right, on the first play to tie Washington. That in itself, I sat up in my chair. I said, okay, Kenny, let's see what you got. Mm-hmm. Then they come back next play, run it for six on first down, Trey Biddy. You yeah. hear me? It's six been a while. Yards. It's been a while since the opening like, run was six yards. <laughs> again, I was like, uh, okay, Kenny. So, you know, I, I had to look it up because I'm a, a statistics nerd. But going into that game Saturday, going back to the 25-yard pickup on the opening play, this is a team that averaged 2.2 yards on opening plays against SEC teams going into Saturday. Mm-hmm. All you're getting is two yards on those plays. So to come out and get 25, follow it up with a six-yard run on first down, you just kind of knew, okay, this thing's starting to change a little bit. And lo and behold, yeah, they had two weeks to prepare, but I would imagine a lot of pressure comes with that too. All eyes were going to be on Kenny Guyton's offense, and he went down the field. I know it didn't work the next few drives after that, but without the confidence that came with that opening drive, I just don't think they would have held on and, mm-hmm. and came back and found a way to win that. So. You know, I'm pulling for the guy. I, I don't mind telling you publicly. You see how they interact. You see how they play for the guy. Um, I see it from a recruiting standpoint. The guy's done nothing but bring in one four-star after another. So I would like to believe he's going to be a, a really good long-term solution. But that's just one game. He's got to go do it again this week and then next week and the one after that. So Danny, I like this what was I'm seeing so far. I'm trying to keep this thing positive. Here. This was Kenny Guyton's first game in the in the in the box, you know. And did yeah. you watch the video of him and and KJ when he like when they first uh, saw each other after times. the game? Yeah, I was about to say yeah. I watched it. I had to have watched it 80 times. I mean, yeah, I loved it. I loved you know just seeing absolutely. It was it was awesome, and we haven't seen that kind of energy in a little bit now. So, all right, Danny, yeah. anything else you want to add? Oh, I could talk to you for an hour, but I know you're up against it here. So we uh, are. Call me later. All right, brother. <laughs> All right, buddy. See you. All right. Talk to you later. Everybody, that's Danny West. Again, follow him at Danny West 24 7 on Twitter, Hog Sports Recruiting Analyst. I mean, you should be following him if you're not. And if you're not subscribed to Hog Sports, take a minute to do so. All right, let's check and see if we've got uh, any interesting any interesting comments real quick. Obviously, before we do that, we're going to go and check out our interesting internet service, Ozarks Go. 479-684-4900 at Ozarks Go. Reach them at ozarksgo.net slash hog. The biggest selling point I can give you about Ozarks Go, and I've had them for two and a half years now, well, maybe a little bit longer now. The biggest selling point I can give you is I've never unplugged my router and plugged it back in. I've never gone, well, internet's out. Let me go plug, unplug it and replug it, reset everything. Never had to do it. I mean, that's it. That's the end. Like, why would, I, why would you need to hear anything else? It always works. That has been my experience, 100% uptime. 
aside from one time when they said, hey, it's gonna, we're turning it off at midnight, and it was off for like an hour because we got to do some maintenance, like one time in two and a half years. So go check out our friends at Ozarks Go, 479-684-4900. You can also reach them at ozarksgo.net slash hog. That's H-A-W-G. Uh, find out if they're available in your area. I talked about that a little bit on the beginning of the show. But Northwest Arkansas, parts of Missouri, Oklahoma, ever-expanding, and um, offer several different tiers. Not going to jack your rates up in year two either. You're going to pay the same low rate in year one as you do the next year. They're not going to try to hook you and then slowly jack your rates up over and over again. Ozarksgo.net slash hog. All right. Questions. Matt McQuay says, what do we need to do to beat Auburn this weekend, carry on the same momentum and energy that they took on the road and bring it back home? KJ be KJ, Rocket be Rocket, defense continue to play strong, maybe amp it up a little bit more than they did against Florida. They let some things go there, but those things. Joe McCrabb said it felt – and also fans show – I think the fans are going to show up. Like I've heard – I heard on one radio show, like I, I expect about – you know, I think it will be a good crowd, 62-65. I'm expecting 72, 73. Like, it's a 3 o'clock game. The weather's going to be great. It's going to be like 62 degrees. It's not going to be rainy. Like, this is the game. You hadn't been home in a while. You had the Mississippi State game. You had a bye week. You had Florida. I mean, you hadn't had a lot of home games, I guess, it hadn't felt like. but um, And they're coming off that Florida game. I mean, I would think that there's going to be some momentum behind that for – you know, a three-win team, I would think that the, the fans are going to show up for that one. And the fans have shown – I mean, it's not like – the only time I remember, like, the fans just didn't show up is the Western Kentucky game. Like, where the, but they were just done. They had every reason not to show up. They were tired. They were fed up with it. And um, I don't blame them a, a bit for that one. I would be a little surprised if they don't have a really great crowd on Saturday. It, again, 3 o'clock game, perfect for tailgating, perfect for you can get home after the game. You don't have to, you know, stay up here an extra night if you're coming from out of town. You should be encouraged by what you saw on Saturday. And, uh, man, they owe it to you. Arkansas owes it to you to show up for this game. You are owed. I mean, just like what I was telling Danny last 10 years, Last 10 years, how many football seasons you really enjoyed? Two? Maybe the start of the 2016 season? I mean, it didn't end right. I mean, you haven't had a lot of seasons that you've been able to enjoy. You come in with all the hype and all the energy and all the expectations. And this year is especially disappointing because they got a good team. They don't have a bad team. They're not out there just getting slaughtered week in and week out. You know, they're they're battling and, and coming up short, and the offense has sucked until recently and I don't know I think it was big for Sam to show that like hey we got rid of the problem and that was the offense we got rid of we got rid of the problem (laughs) I mean there's no nice way to say it about Dan Enos but he was a problem for this offense they still got issues on the offensive line but I thought Devon Manuel came in and played pretty well overall I thought Takis Crawford Takist Somebody called me lazy in the comments because I mispronounced Caliph Battle's name. Caliph. Caliph. Caliph Battle. Sorry, I'm just getting started on basketball. Trey Biddy from Parts Unknown. Never fight a man for Parts Unknown, <laughs> says Ben Looper. Uh. 
Garrett Barham says, one thing for sure, we have the best tight ends in the conference next season. Bowers will get drafted. Uh, yeah, they can stay healthy. I mean, Shamar Easter is going to come. He's he's going to be coming. Was Shamar Easter wearing forty six? He had no name on the back of his jersey when they put him on special. Somebody on special. Somebody tall who could jump. I, I think it was. I think that's who it was. Shamar Easter. Jonathan Bowler says, watching from work. We pick Suey breath fresh air after the win. Looking forward to the start of the basketball season tonight. Yeah, I'll be there. We'll have uh, me, Grant, Curtis, and Andrew. We'll all be there. Landon Montgomery says, I don't think Rocket was down. So, people give me a lot of uh, replies on that. Like, if your hand, like the wrist, like this, like that's down. I can remember DJ Williams being called down. I think it was, I think it was the Sugar Bowl when the back of his hand went down and they called him down. I'm pretty sure that means you're down. I'm not so sure his helmet was down also. But uh, I'm pr- any part of your body, aside from, like, your hand, like the front of your hand or your feet, you're down in college football. Excuse me, in college football. Anyone notice that Clark got burned for three touchdowns? He got, he got burnt for two. Um, the other one was, you know, he was supposed to be there to help. It was really two guys. But, yeah, he, he definitely struggled. Donnell Williams says, why is Clark still playing? Clark is one of the best three safeties that they have. He just is. And he struggled. He shouldn't probably it shouldn't have been lined up against uh, Trey Wilson, but he was. And uh, but safety, yes. And Clark's made a lot of good plays for him this year. Jared Post says, "I love what we saw from Kenny this weekend. Now I'm really curious to see how he does. The teams have some idea what to expect from calling plays. Yep. Since Florida didn't have much of any idea." I mean, Florida probably did. They probably knew Arkansas was going to go back to a lot of what they did before. Donnell Williams says, what does Florida – what does Auburn have better than Florida? I haven't dove deep into Florida. Um, so, I couldn't tell you just yet. Or, excuse me, deep into Auburn. I couldn't tell you just yet. In fact, I have not watched a lot of Auburn football this year. And I've watched a lot of football. I've watched a lot of teams. But I've not seen Auburn play a whole lot. So, I'm going to go and, and watch some of their games and – See if I can get a little bit better idea of them. But, um, I mean, they kind of like Florida. They got brought a quarterback in from the Big Ten. He can run a little bit. Pittman said KG ran what, what they practiced. Why did he let that go on for so long? I, I have no idea. I mean, they practice all kind of, like they wasted so much time with Dan Enos's offense in practice, like doing things that they didn't run in the game. Like, why? Jay Donovan says, Whoopi Sui from Northern Kentucky. Glad we see a win. Andrew's hilarious. KJ is the post by Heisman. Okay. Evan Baker says, I hope we went out. However, I've seen some five-win teams get a bowl game in the past. You know the rules becoming eligible in five wins. So they go to the APR, and that's your like basically your academics, your grades. And they just start going down the list, five-win teams, and it's the team with the highest APR. Jerry Post says the official rule states that your hands and feet are allowed to touch. Makes no distinction to the back of the hand. It's your hands, but I don't. It's not. Like I said, I've seen it. I've seen players called down like this before. I've seen them called down. We can ask DJ Williams. I know he was called down one time. I can't remember when exactly. I, th- I feel like it was a Sugar Bowl, but I know he was called down like that. You can't see it, but 
I don't know if it means like the back of the hand, the back of the wrist or what. I also saw in the championship game when Auburn played um, – who did they play? Oregon. Uh, Dyer did the same thing. He went like that, and he wasn't called down. Just like Rocket Sanders wasn't called down. We've got to stop Auburn's run game, says Will Lennox. I want to thank everybody for joining us on this episode of Hog Sports Live. That's some interesting basketball content coming out as soon as the game is over. And, um, yeah, we've got the uh, primer on Thursday, the walk and talk on Saturday. So, a lot coming. We'll also have a midweek Hog Hoops live show. That's the plan right now. We've got to get it set up. Uh, we're going to have Andrew and Curtis uh, run that show together now. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Thanks to Danny West. Thanks to Andrew Ellis. And thanks to all of you for taking in our content and watching the show. All right, we'll catch you next time. This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.